Welcome to Alternatives to AA. This is Joshua Robinson, and I've been three years sober. And I'm Monique Robinson, and I'm two years sober. And we're here on a mission to help make the difficult journey of sobriety even easier to manage. Nobody in my world ever thought that I'd actually manage to be sober. So now we're taking what we've learned in the last decade to be able to help you too. And we're not against AA. We just need to learn how to manage the other 23 hours of the day. From communication to relationships to self-care, we're going to show you how to cope when your triggers try to take you down. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. to uncover not only how to live without alcohol, but to thrive in sobriety and to swap out your addiction for a better life with the help of Alternatives to AA. So let's go. So today, the one tool we're gonna be talking about is facing your fears. Um, What does facing your fears have to do with uh, getting sober and staying sober? Well, a lot actually. Um, So I'm gonna say the main fears, or the main reasons uh, that I started drinking, like the first one was, to have a good better time talking to girls <laughs> and um so then the second one was uh for bodybuilding mm-hmm. and just my back and everything would hurt sometimes but then it just spiraled over into everything else that i did yeah um and that's when it got bad obviously then i started you know sometimes using it before i started to work out and like all so then it started at first it was kind of like beneficial in a weird way mm-hmm. at least short short term like okay i could talk to girls easier i could um not deal with so much pain but then long term it became bad and then also i had to start using it just to be comfortable talking to people but then obviously once there's too many drinks then mm-hmm. it it makes it awkward oh. um yeah, I completely understand that because that's very similar for me. Um, I would use it to deal with like my frustrations, my anxieties, to deal with like different situations that I was uncomfortable with or like didn't like and just like told myself I had to deal with it. Um, and in some way that was a tiny bit true, but it wasn't as true as I had convinced myself. Like if I had started instead of using the alcohol, I started saying like i'm not okay with this like even just a little bit i maybe wouldn't have used the alcohol as much but i was afraid to do that so alcohol just masked it it kind of like it took away the short term it made it short term not as painful Mm -hmm. but at the same time then it gave me like this little pebble that was like rolling down the hill getting towards a boulder Mm. um of the fact that i was so pent up with frustration anxiety anger at that point like by the time you got a boulder you're angry (laughs) so um so in a lot of ways i would say like when people ask was alcohol a great tool to fix the problem quote unquote Mm -hmm. definitely not um you know short term sure like like i said you know it got me through certain situations that i was frustrated with angry with whatever but long term then i wasn't dealing with those frustrations angers and whatever and it got me sometimes taken advantage of and sometimes just just made me not want to deal with anything like just made me want to give up because why was everything so against me and it wasn't that it was i had made that happen in a lot of ways and then it makes you way way like 
more likely to want to drink again. Absolutely. So it's a downward spiral. And Yeah. So I had to start like standing up for myself even like that was one of my fears was standing up for myself. Um, so it was so important to start like doing that the littlest bit at a time. Hmm. But yeah. So. And then like for you, didn't it provide like a Band-Aid in a way? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we talked about this before of, you know, the analogy of just having a little cut and you put the Band-Aid on, and, but before it heals, it, you drinking is like taking the Band-Aid off, and so you just keep making that wound actually worse as time goes on. And at some point you have to be like, okay, there's actually a problem here. Right. And for everybody, it's, it's different. Um, for me, it was getting, you know, multiple DUIs and, and dealing with the legal stuff for that, mm-hmm. where I finally realized, oh, okay, I got like three DUIs, you know, maybe I have a problem. <laughs> Some people it's one DUI and others it's worse. It just depends on the, the person and how stubborn they are and how deep in the addiction they are. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and you're talking about your rock bottom. Um, and my rock bottom was there, there was a couple because truthfully, you can have multiple rock bottoms. Um, you know, for a few years, I would consider that I had a few rock bottoms that other people said I had rock bottom. And so they asked me to go to rehab or they asked me to go to a therapist to get help. And it did work for like a little bit, but it wasn't my actual rock bottom. And I didn't believe it was my rock bottom. So it wasn't as effective. Um, When I finally got to my rock bottom, it wasn't my first DUI. It was more my second DUI. That was the first time that I considered it a rock bottom. And um, with that one, like I was willing to do whatever it took because when they actually told me the reading of that second DUI, yeah, I shouldn't have been able to do anything, let alone drive the car. So yeah, so my second DUI, I definitely deserved, no doubt about it. Um, The number was very high. Um, So that's when I finally actually believed I had hit a rock bottom. So I went to Florida for six months and it really did help a lot. Um, But when I came back home, because I always had intention to come back home, I never was trying to move away. But the problem was most of the contacts and everything, the support I had developed was now down there. So when I came back home, I did hit a little bit of a rough patch, Um, you know, and then I kind of went back and forth for a little bit. I would be sober for a couple months, fall off for a few days, sober again for a few months, fall off a few days. Um, But like the real, real rock bottom for me was when my mom got sick. Um, She had cancer. She passed almost four years ago now. And when we found out um, in April, um, and she passed in June... Uh, that we had about 10 months with her, that I was determined to make sure that my mom would see me sober. So I went to rehab um, right around that time. And then and then finding out that she was passing while I was there, had to come home um, for that. But after that, um, you know, I, I knew that that had to be my bottom. Um, you know, obviously I slipped up a few times again for a few days, but like, that had to be it. Like I had to get this under control. Um, and thanks like to your help a lot and, you know, my family and friends and everything and these tools that we've developed, like 
I was able to get to that point, you know, and now I'm two years sober, which nobody ever thought they'd, be, I'd be able to say. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And yeah, like the, the tools that we, that we made, they work for us, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. And hopefully some people out there will, will have similar experiences like of, oh, I did do that in the past and that helped me out. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, so now we're going to talk about, so how do you face your fears, especially like once the fears got so big and out of control, Mm -hmm. it's just like the monster in the room and it used to be a little, little baby monster, but now it's taking up the whole room almost. Yeah. Um, it went from a kitten to an elephant. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As the, um, as De Montatut says, mm-hmm. um, there's only one way to eat an elephant, and that's uh, one bite at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, like we said, like, you, so with that, you just have to know that you have to take a little bit of a time with it. Um, and actually, one of Josh's favorite clinical psychologists is Jordan Peterson, so I hear about him all the time. Yep. Um, but <laughs> one of his quotes is that, What you do with people that are afraid and to some degree depressed, but certainly anxious, is you lay out what they are anxious about in detail, what you are afraid of, what might happen, and then you decompose them into small problems, hypothetically manageable problems, and then you have the person expose themselves to the thing that they are afraid of. And what happens isn't that they get less afraid. What happens instead is that they get braver, and that is not the same thing. Hmm. Um, and that is so true. You know, like if you take, take a big problem and you break it down into so many little pieces, if you just tackle one piece a day, the problem isn't so painful. Mm-hmm. took us a while to learn that, but we we're, we're starting to do that. We're still learning it. Yeah, we're still learning it's it. It's hard because, you know, you want to feel accomplished and, oh, I did this big, th- it depends on the person, but mm-hmm. it, you know, people want to do this this big thing Mm -hmm. and show it to the world. Look at me. At least that's how I am. Yeah. And, and you can get there, but it's a lot easier if you, you know, do little parts every day instead of trying to do it all so quickly, you know? Yeah. Like even regarding the podcast for me, um, I started doing lives on my Facebook for my other job just to get myself comfortable in front of the camera again, in front of you guys again, because I was so nervous to talk about this stuff. You know, it's, it's a serious topic and all, but we just, we have so much passion for it because we're, you know, on the other side and we really want to make sure that other people can get there too. So, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's uh, two different ways that you can deal with the stressor. And the first way is you can actually just pursue that stress um, in a voluntary way. Mm-hmm. And that way you get a lot more um, positive emotion and less negative when you actually think of doing that in the future. But if you're actually um, doing it, but because someone is forcing you mm-hmm. or um, you're kind of... 50 50 about it if you if you do it that way involuntarily you get this more um like prey victim kind of mentality well it's it's funny you bring that up like because i'm thinking of two examples like one with myself and one with like 
little kids um like with myself like it's a perfect example like the first couple times i went to different like facilities to get help because people were telling me i had a problem i didn't really have a positive experience it was like pulling teeth you know like i just had to be there but then when i realized like i had a problem like i did actually have a positive experience and i met positive influences and things like that but like the one example that like makes me giggle that I'm really thinking of is a little like I was a dancer for 15 years. Um, so all I can picture is the voluntary versus involuntary with like the little kids. So there is always, you know, the couple little girls in the class who were like, this is the best thing ever. And they'd run out and they were so excited to show you their dance. And then there was usually like one or two that like the teachers would like drag them onto the stage because you know their parents paid for it and everything so the teacher's like i gotta get the kid out there but the kid is having a meltdown because they're having stage fright you know they loved it in class you know in front of the mirror with their friends they were safe but out on that stage is scary um so like it kind of reminds me of both of those like for me as a person but like just thinking about it like little kids how differently they'd react Mm-hmm. to going on the stage each year which was amusing <laughs> no and it honestly reminds me the stage fright thing is pretty much what happens to animals when they're the prey animal yeah they're literally like free sometimes and they mm-hmm. won't even move and then the other the predator just kills them yeah. right away exactly um and yeah we experience the same thing when we're very scared we just freeze up mm-hmm. we're still you know we're animals in yeah. a sense um so yeah, no, that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so even during this podcast, like I had a lot of my own fears. Mm-hmm. Um one being this podcast, as I'm not the most social guy. <laughs> um and this is just it's a lot more work than you would think goes into a, a podcast yeah and then there's also the doubt will this podcast do well mm-hmm. is this just a waste of my time mm-hmm. da, 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 da. and then another um, fear of mine is schooling mm-hmm. which i'm going back to become a psychologist um and it's it's a lot harder than i thought it would be especially doing it later in life and also doing it as um online Mm -hmm. because not talking to people about like different ideas in psychology is just in person it's it's a lot harder to to, um, talk about those problems online yeah but yeah but the goal is just to even help one person right yeah exactly yeah so we'll call this a success if anybody gets any help this is true but So I bet at this point, though, that everyone's wondering more about how to have like to like a step by step of how to face your fears, because we're talking about it and we're sounding casual, making it sound easy. But truthfully, it's not easy for anybody to face their fears like it's terrifying. So it's not just like our problem or your problem. Everybody has them. But I bet at this point you're wondering how. The actual how, the step-by-step, how will I face my fears? And we're going to tell you more about that right now. Yeah, so if you start um, voluntarily taking on the fear one small step at a time, Mm -hmm. um, you'll eventually get there um, without even having to use alcohol as that short-term crutch. Mm -hmm. Because like we talked about before, 
short term it seems like the best idea ever long term obviously it's not yeah um so in fact um something that you thought that you were afraid of now you might be able to use that as actually a strength so Mm -hmm. maybe right now you're not the best speaker out there but someday maybe you'll do a speech in front of a big audience of like 500 people or so you yeah know? you never know you, yeah. you gotta start little though otherwise because no one can just jump out on a stage in front of 5,000 people and be confident yeah that's that's one of the problems with with our society though with social media because we see people the end result so mm-hmm. it looks like it was instant for them but this thing took many years yeah of you know so much years yeah they had to do all the little steps but you don't necessarily see all the little steps on facebook or you miss them you know because they could have happened like two years ago and you weren't paying attention or you weren't even friends yet yeah or if you see the little steps you might think uh it's it's not worth it for me (laughs) right you know but like the truth of the matter is like you do have to do the little steps to get to the big picture and People don't talk about that as much anymore. And sometimes that actually causes people to have fears and anxieties and frustrations. Mm. Like sometimes for me, I think like, oh, yeah, that'll be an easy task. No problem. And then it'll take me an extra hour than I had given myself. And I get all flustered and worked up and frustrated. Um, So, you know, like. But I'm just learning to also forgive myself a little bit with that, too. Like, understand the fact that I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. And I have to just let myself be a little bit more instead of, like, even picking on myself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you gain this strength, um, you know, you're able to take on those fears more right. head on. And you won't even feel the need to drink. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I need to do this. Like, For example, when I would go out with my friends, I felt like I literally needed to drink or I just wouldn't, like, why would I even be there? Yeah. Like, I'm just such a loser, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of mentality. Um, But I'm like, well, if I drink, at least maybe I'll I'll be, like, funny or or do something tough or cool. Um, So, yeah, it just totally eliminates that need for for that. Like, in a social situation, for me, like – when I get nervous, sometimes I get like a little too hyper. Mm. So the alcohol would calm that down. So I'd feel, you know, like normal, yeah, but then I'd keep calming it down and then I'd get way past not normal. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're like up here and then you get down to normal, but you know. Oh, and then, then it just kept going <laughs> and then it just kept crashing. Yeah. And but here's the thing though, like with a lot of people listening, there is some truth to that. So mm-hmm. it's not a total lie. Like no. some people might. Just be a little up there mm-hmm. or down there. Like, I feel like I was maybe more in the down part, mm-hmm. like too little. Yeah. Um, and that would hype me up enough to be cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just it just depends on the person. But that's you got to rem- uh, think about that um, with in regards to your own mind that mm-hmm. you're not 100 percent lying to yourself. It's like a 50 percent truth. So that's that can actually make it way more complicated which is it's that is where so many people fall into the trap of lying to themselves Mm -hmm. when they're drinking um i know i did that all the time like for well with that example like i would tell myself that i would need the alcohol to go to the social situation Mm -hmm. so i would show up normal quote unquote normal but the truth of the matter is like 
okay, I might have like seemed somewhat normal for a few minutes, but I was already like causing myself more anxiety because I was afraid of when the alcohol would wear off, then I'd get weird again or something. So like I would then put more alcohol in my system. <laughs> so like, like it would literally, I would be up here, you know, for that five seconds, but then I'd keep like adding a drink in thinking that I wouldn't stay here. Well, guess what? You're already there. I was already like <laughs> going down. It was ship was going down (laughs) that's interesting that you actually thought about it that much thank like guys and girls are different i thought once i started drinking i was like i'm not thinking anymore Mm -hmm. um but that's really interesting you never told me that yeah how you you thought of it like you you didn't even think you were drunk enough when you were way too drunk already that's an interesting thing well it wasn't that like like once i realized i was drunk Mm. like then like i just didn't care but Mm. like the leading up to the drunk like i would make myself drunk faster thinking that i was covering my own butt so i wouldn't get weird (laughs) but then i'd make myself weird so why i thought that was the right thing to do i don't understand (laughs) i I have to say now actually thinking about it Mm -hmm. i did the same thing yeah but i never thought about that well it's it's funny like when you listen to this kind of stuff like you really start to like did i do that did Mm -hmm. i pull that off like it makes you more self-aware yeah um so and that's that's something that's so important like understanding your self-awareness and getting comfortable with it because i mean you know we're we're on this podcast we might seem like you know we're totally fine right now but both of us have anxiety doing this oh yeah so it's it's definitely new for us and Mm -hmm. over time it will be easier but yeah we're we're just trying to do it and and that's what this whole this whole episode's about is facing your fear exactly and if you do it long enough maybe it will become a strength that's what the hope is for sure um so like you know it's public speaking for us right now like doing this is a fear but maybe one day especially you'll get good at it yeah or both it's okay (laughs) probably more you (laughs) so the truth is um no matter what though like the want for the alcohol has not gone away for us you know i'm two years sober now and it has gotten easier but it is still there you know so you still have to be self-aware of it because for josh and i like we know that we cannot drink anymore we know that that is just not an option for us um but that is part of our self-awareness um because for me like i always i always joke that um alcohol for me is like pringles once i have one i can't stop so once i pop i can't stop (laughs) um so you know uh but there were so many things um that we were masking with the alcohol um you know that we want to like explain a little bit more like how we had these anxieties and then how we've been able to break them down for you so um josh you want to go first yeah so with school we mentioned before Mm -hmm. um with schooling for me in the past the first time i tried it out you know i was always a smart kid but I never really taught myself how to schedule stuff. So when I started doing uh, the schooling again, Mm -hmm. it was hard for me to schedule it. Like I just didn't, it took me way longer than it should have. Um, Even when I wasn't really trying to get distracted with things, Mm -hmm. I just didn't put timelines on what I was doing. And it just made something that should have took like four hours, take a whole day. Yeah. Um, 
So Monique introduced me <laughs> to the great idea of scheduling because <laughs> I've always been more of a fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. <laughs> which works sometimes, but. Um, and I mean, truthfully, though, like him being more fly by the seat of your pants has helped me unschedule a little bit because sometimes I way over schedule yeah. um, too. So both are important. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, and and like with the scheduling, though, it definitely helped me uh, focus, focus and be less stressed about about the work mm-hmm. um, because you knew you had the time set up ready for it. Hmm. Um, so it made it easier to even jump in at that time. Yeah, exactly. And also it helped with the podcast as well, mm-hmm. scheduling the podcast. Like our goal for today is to do the podcast, which might sound extreme, but you know, we're trying to put something quality out there. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. We're scheduling, we're scheduling whole days just to focus on this for you guys. And yeah. hopefully we can because get it is some also, good info out there. Yeah. Cause it is one of our anxieties. So like, we know we have to give ourselves a quality amount of time that like nothing else is happening for us to be able to comfortably do it. Well, it's funny cause we're about this talking about the facing your fears and that's what we're doing today. Yep. Yeah. And like for me, um, you know, it's been like I have anxieties for, you know, hopefully having kids one day, um, you know, future job opportunities and really just like in our future home, uh, Josh and I are working on um, plans right now. Um, So all of those like do cause anxieties, you know, like and think about that, like a future home, you know. There's a lot of details that go into it. Plus with the pricing and pricing and everything. So, you know, we're trying to tackle that, but we are tackling that by doing it one piece at a time. So like every day I'm just like, okay, I will respond to emails if they come, you know, I, I'm just, that's it. Like, that's what I'm doing right now. And like, sometimes I'm playing around on Pinterest a little bit to try to get some ideas too, but like. I'm not doing a ton every day. I'm not making, you know, everything about that because then I would start getting anxiety about the whole mm. project. Like You just wouldn't want to do it at all. No, I'd, I'd get frustrated and give up because there's a lot of steps to like a house, you know, and just like there's a lot of steps to a podcast. There's a lot of steps to having kids and providing for kids. There's a lot of steps to whatever your various job is, but If you can break it down to simple tasks, like I will answer an email, I will respond to somebody, I will take these vitamins, you know, like breaking it down into one task Mm -hmm. makes it seem possible instead of like... Because it is possible. Because it is absolutely possible. Um, But when you have the big picture hanging over your head, it doesn't feel like that. Like Mm -hmm. if the entire house weight was on our shoulders right now, we wouldn't be able to move. But knowing that there's like an email to respond to okay that's something we know how to do mm-hmm. no problem <laughs> we can answer a question yeah. <laughs> so so discovering these things about yourself really helps you in the long term it really does it makes it easier when things like that come up in the future too it gives you the tools to manage it mm. um, because you learned possibly on a smaller task You've learned how to manage small little things. And then if you just keep doing it in small doses, it makes the big things happen. It'll make your dreams actually come true, 
which is an amazing thing. All right, we're going to end off with the Jordan Peterson quote. And the quote goes, to be fully self-conscious means that you are perfectly aware of your limitations and how you might be hurt. And then to make the decision to move forward in the unknown and land of the stranger anyway. Uh, That's one of the secrets to a good life. And we really do hope that you're all making decisions to help yourself get to a better life uh, like Josh and I are trying to do. And we hope that you continue to join us and watch us. And if you ever have any questions, please let us know uh, because we'd be happy to discuss them with you at a later time. And we just hope that we'll see you next time, too. Yeah, see you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Alternatives to AA. If you would like to contact us directly, please shoot us an email at alternatives2aa2021 at gmail.com. We also hope that you continue to join us on Mondays at 6 p.m. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us that way as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave a rating and an honest review. We'll see you next week. Bye.